ओके वी आर डूइंग चैप्टर टेन ध्रुव महाराज इज फाइट विद द यक्षस द ग्रेट सेज मैत्रीया सेट माई डियर विदुरा देर आफ्टर ध्रुव महाराज के मैरिड द डॉटर ऑफ प्रजापति शिशुमारा हुज नेम वॉज ब्रह्मी एंड द टू सन्स नेम कल्पा एंड वत्सरा व बॉर्न टू हर द ग्रेटली पावरफुल ध्रुव महाराज हैड अनदर वाइफ नेम इला हु वॉज द डॉटर ऑफ द डेमी गॉड वायु बाय हर ही बिगॉट अ सन नेम उत्कला एंड अ वेरी ब्यूटिफुल डॉटर ध्रुव महाराज इज यंगर ब्रदर उत्तमा हु वॉज स्टील अनमेरिड वंस वेंट टू द हंटिंग एक्सकर्शन एंड वॉज किल्ड बाय अ पावरफुल यक्षा इन द हिमालया माउंटेन्स अलॉन्ग विथ हिम हिज मदर सुरुचि ऑल्सो फॉलोड द पाथ ऑफ अर सन शी टू डाइड वेन ध्रुव महाराज हर्ड ऑफ द किलिंग ऑफ हिज ब्रदर उत्तमा बाय द यक्षास इन द हिमालया किंगडम being overwhelmed with lamentation and anger he got on his chariot and went out for victory over the city of yakshas that is alkapuri dhruva maharaj went to the northern direction of the himalayan range in the valley he saw a city full of ghostly persons who were followers of lord shiva <coughs> maitriya continued my dear vidura as soon as dhruva maharaj reached alkapuri he immediately blew his conch shell and the sound reverberated throughout the entire sky and in every direction the wives of the yakshas became very much frightened from their eyes it was apparent that they were full of anxiety o hero vidura the greatly powerful heroes of the yakshas unable to tolerate the resounding vibrations of the consuls of dhruva maharaj came forth from their city with a weapon and attacked dhruva Dhruva Maharaj who was a great charioteer and certainly a great bowman also immediately began to kill them by simultaneously discharging arrows three at a time when the heroes of the yakshas saw that all their heads were being thus threatened by Dhruva Maharaj they could very easily understand their awkward position and they concluded that they would certainly be defeated but as heroes they lauded the action of Dhruva just like serpents who cannot tolerate being trampled upon by anyone's feet the yakshas being intolerant to the wonderful prowess of dhruva maharaj threw thrice as many arrows six from each of their soldiers and thus they very valiantly exhibited their prowess <laughs> the yaksha soldiers were 130000 strong all greatly angry and all desiring to defeat the worldly activities of dhruva maharaj with full strength they showered upon maharaj dhruva along with his chariot and charioteers various types of feathered arrows parigahas that is the iron bludgeons nistrimisas that is swords prasasulas which is tridents parasvadhas which is lances saktis that is pikes rishtis that is spears and bhushundi weapons dhruva maharaj was completely covered by an incessant shower of weapons just at the mountain is covered by incessant rainfall All the siddhas from the higher planetary systems were observing the fight from the sky and when they saw that Dhruva Maharaj had been recovered by incessant arrows of the enemy they rode tumultuously The grandson of Manu Dhruva is now lost they cried that Dhruva Maharaj was just like the sun and that now he has set within the oceans of the yaksha The yakshas being temporarily victorious claimed that they had conquered Dhruva Maharaj but in the meantime dhruva's chariot suddenly appeared just as the sun suddenly appears from within foggy mist dhruva maharaj's bow and arrows twanged and hissed causing lamentations in the heart of the enemies he began to shoot incessant arrows shattering all the different weapons just as the blasting wind scatters the assembled clouds in the sky the sharp arrows released from the bow of dhruva maharaj pierced the shields and bodies of the enemy like the thunderbolt releasing the kings of heaven which dismantled the bodies of the mountains the great sage maitreya continued my dear vidura the heads of those who were cut to pieces by the arrow of dhruva maharaj were decorated very beautifully with earrings and turbans the legs of the bodies were as beautiful as golden palm trees their arms were decorated with golden bracelets and armlets and on their heads there was very valuable helmets bedecked with gold all these ornaments lying in the battlefield were very attractive and could bewilder the mind of a hero 
the remaining yaksha who somehow or the other were not killed had their limbs cut to pieces by the arrows of the great warrior Dhruva Maharaj. Thus they began to flee just like elephants flee when defeated by a lion. Dhruva Maharaj, the best of the human beings, observed that in the great battlefield not one of the opposing soldiers was left standing with proper weapons. He then desired to see the city of Alkapuri, but he thought to himself, no one knows the plans of the mystic yakshas. In the meantime, while Dhruva Maharaj, doubtful of his mystic enemies, was talking with his charioteer, they heard a tremendous sound as if the whole ocean was there and they found that from the sky a great dust storm was coming over them from all directions. Within a moment, the whole sky was overcast with dense cloud, with severe thundering was heard, there was glittering electric lightning and severe rainfall. My dear faultless Vidura, in that rainfall there was blood, mucus, pus, stool, urine, marrow falling heavily before Dhruva Maharaj and there were trunks of bodies falling from the sky. Next a great mountain was visible in the sky and from all the directions hailstones fell, along with lances, clubs, swords, irons, bludgeons and thus great pieces of stone. Dhruva Maharaj also saw many big serpents with angry eyes vomiting forth fire and coming to devour him along with a group of mad elephants, lions and tigers. Then as if there were time for the dissolution of the whole world, <coughs> the fierce sea with foaming waves and great roaring sounds came forward before him. The demon Yaksha, by nature being very heinous and by their demonic power of illusion, they could create many strange phenomena to frighten one who is less intelligent. When the great sages heard that Dhruva Maharaj were overpowered by the illusory mystic tricks of the demons, they immediately assembled to offer him auspicious encouragements. All the sages said, Dear Dhruva, O son of King Uttanpada, may the Supreme Personality of Godhead known as Shranga Dhanva, who relieves the distress of his devotees, kill all your threatening enemies. The holy name of the Lord is as powerful as the Lord himself. Therefore, simply by chanting and hearing the holy name of the Lord, many men can fully protect from fierce death without difficulty. Thus a devotee is saved. This ends the chapter 4th canto, 10th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam entitled Dhruva Maharaj's Fight with the Yakshas. So far, whatever story that we have heard, this is uh, in continuation to the boon that the, the Lord has given to Dhruva Maharaj and in that he has told him that he has to rule over his kingdom for many many years. After he has finished that only he can take up that position which is once he has completed his task in this material world. Now if you see it from that perspective even realization might strike a person realization, God realization may strike a person during his lifetime. But the power of not falling back happens only after death, not before. While he is alive, what happens to the person is he might have got realized, might have got realized, yet Performing the worldly activity on a day-to-day basis is very, very important. So, even the question of breathing, eating, drinking, walking here and there, or sitting and talking, all these activities, just like Dhruva Maharaj is supposed to do all the material worldly activities of ruling the kingdom and so on and so forth. So, these are called obligatory tasks which have to be performed even if you have crossed over to the other side. The other side is becoming realized. Now, even after realization, the task have to be performed. So, whereas the question of breathing and eating and all this is, it is important. And that is the reason why, even if you have reached the state of emancipation, doesn't mean that today you can start uh, believing that you can walk through walls and all that. It is not possible. <laughs> because you are still carrying the, your body with you and when you are carrying your body with you you don't have the choices there Okay, you will have to meet the wall and maybe bang your head on it so you will have to understand that it doesn't mean that you can walk through walls and go and uh, do whatever you feel like and sit on the Himalayas and all no what we are talking about just now is like 
going to distant places and all those are ashtasiddhis that is siddhas that is not realization siddhis is magic magic even uh, a simple magician can perform no realization has nothing to do with magic it has nothing to do with uh, any of these supernatural powers also you don't become superman or spiderman or anything like that no you are a normal human being world working in a normal world eating your normal food i mean you can't eat uh, you know um, uh, tube lights for breakfast and all that okay uh, sorry you are not even allowed that so there is nothing like eating <laughs> iron pellets or tube lights and all no nothing again if you think that you know all your kundalini has risen and all that and you can perform phenomenal uh, you know uh, breathtaking activities like walking on a rope or walking on the sea or something like that sorry that also is not possible you are not allowed to do any of those things you have to behave exactly like a normal human being just like ramakrishna parmahansa was i mean if he had cough and cold he was a normal person same way with sai baba whose story we are doing or same with jesus christ jesus christ also was you see if you cut his body blood was coming isn't it when they pierced him with the with that lance didn't it hurt him of course so you can't say oh i am the son of god so nothing is going to happen i am invisible sorry boss nothing like that is going to happen you have to go through it till the body disintegrates body disintegration means body finish ho gaya once the body is over then only so even if it is dhruva maharaj and even if the lord almighty has come and given him a blessing still he has not become superman he is a normal human being have to perform all kinds of obligatory tasks in this world except that now discrimination is perfect he knows everything very well and knowing everything very well he doesn't bother much about it like what we were talking about just some time back with prito i was talking you can just walk through it you can see the futility of the whole world around you you can see those who are married have a problem those who are not married also have a problem those who have children have a problem those who don't have children also have a problem those who have a disease have a problem those who don't have a disease have a bigger problem <laughs> you see the whole point those who have money have a problem those who don't have money have a problem so this discrimination comes into the picture that whether you are here or there there is going to be happiness on one side there is going to be sadness on one side so how do you walk through that discriminate you can only become a witness to that whole thing you don't have to bother about anything just see the whole thing like the bird is chirping outside you can hear it loudly you can just think ah the bird is chirping it's nice very good and don't try to become a bird yourself okay you can't fly so <laughs> otherwise you'll fall off from the window so the thing is enjoy it go through the whole process don't get angry don't get upset anger upset these that feeling doesn't come because you don't have any desires only isn't it so becoming desireless is the most important thing that happens nobody can buy you i'll buy you for a million dollars nobody can say that by giving a dakshana of a million dollars you can't buy baba isn't it <laughs> so even if he has 250 rupees in his pocket still nothing can happen so that is what happens so when dhruva maharaj has to just go through his entire process of living he gets married he has children he has does, he does that he, his brother goes away his mother dies he goes for war or with the yakshas he has to meet all those deadly fellows then they are having they are showering all sorts of weapons on him everything is okay yes he has to shield himself like i told you he's not become a superman so yes if somebody throws a lance at him it's going to cut him so you can't say that he is he is superman no he is going to same happened to krishna also when krishna was carrying the wheel in his hand trying to save arjun so trying to save arjun what happened was bhishma pitama was showering a lot of arrows onto krishna's body krishna was getting hurt 
not that he wasn't he was definitely getting hurt and he had to undergo treatment once the whole that particular section of the war was over he was hurt very badly and that is the reason why when vishnu pitama is lying on the bed of arrows he apologizes to krishna saying that i'm very sorry i did this to you i showered arrows on a person who was nihatta one who was not carrying any weapons he was a charioteer remember that he was not allowed to carry any weapons so being a charioteer and was not carrying any weapons so that is the reason why he was like that so you cannot shower any weapons on this kind of a person so we'll come to now chapter 11 swayambhu manu advises dhruva maharaj to stop fighting shri maitreya said my dear vidura when dhruva maharaj heard the encouraging words of the great sages he performed the achmana by touching water and thus took up the arrows made by lord narayana and fixed it upon his bows as soon as dhruva maharaj joined the narayana astras arrows to hit the bow the illusion created by the yakshas was immediately vanquished just as all the material pains and pleasures are vanquished when one becomes fully cognizant of the self so cognizant of the self the moment you become self realized all these material worldly problems that are there you can see them you can see them you can experience the whole thing you can you can see how people like i told you how those who are married he, he knows what the problem is those who are not married their problems also you know you can see by eating poison what happens by eating fruits very nice stuff also what happens you can see people are dead people are alive somebody is born somebody is dying does it make a difference to this person no so this person becomes cognizant of the self he realizes the self and realizing the self he doesn't get disturbed he just is in that state of equanimity he just stays there he's just a witness he is not going to help somebody who is dying he doesn't even help anybody he is just a witness state so in the witness state he just says there so even as dhruva maharaj fixed the weapons made by narayan rishi unto his bow arrows with golden shafts and feathers like the wings of a swan flew out of it they entered the enemy soldiers with a great hissing sound just as peacocks enter a forest with tumultuous crowing the sharp arrows dismayed the enemy soldiers who became all, almost unconscious by various yakshas on the battlefield in a rage against dhruva maharaj somehow or the other collected their weapons and attacked just as serpents agitated by garuda rushed towards garuda with an upraised hood all the yaksha soldiers prepared to overcome dhruva maharaj with their upraised weapons when dhruva maharaj saw the yakshas coming forward he immediately took his arrows and cut the enemies to pieces separating their arms legs heads and bellies from their bodies he delivered the yakshas to the planetary systems which is situated above the sun globe and which is attainable only by the first rate brahmacharis who have never dis- discharged their semen yakshas yakshas are a kind of creatures who basically are neither human nor um, demons nor gods nor anything like that they come in A, a, a range which is in between like yakshas gandharvas kinnaras uh, apsaras they come from different different yakshas are basically invisible creatures they they don't have a body body per se they are basically invisible type of creatures and uh, though they have the entire body and once they die they go to their their own heaven there is a heaven which is their own which is situated beyond the the sun sun globe that is that is surya's heaven surya's heaven is there beyond that there is another heaven which is yaksha's own heaven where they go when swayambhu manu saw that his grandson dhruva maharaj was killing so many of the yakshas who were not actually offenders out of his great compassion he approached dhruva with great sage to give him good instruction lord manu said my dear son please stop it is not good to come become unnecessarily angry it is a path of hellish life now you are going beyond the limits of killing yakshas who are actually not offenders anger comes to a person who is troubled by the demons troubled trouble means by our own feelings or anger comes about and this anger need not 
be destructive in nature the anger was destructive all the yakshas were getting killed so he says unnecessarily angry a person should not become unnecessarily angry hey you want to attain an objective can you negotiate and get an objective isn't that what krishna tried in the first place before the war he went to the other side and he gave them a proposal so before anything massive happens in your world first you should try a middle path of trying to find solutions finding solutions in everybody's world is very very important see even in our material world what happens in the material world it is very e- easy to finish everything cut up destroy but you know how difficult it is to negotiate negotiation is a must you have to arrive at the middle path so first let us not get into cutting up people first let us try to negotiate find a middle path try to find solutions that is what krishna's domain always talks about first try to find out whether you can find a solution if there is no solution then only we can go to war otherwise there is no need for anybody to go to war so the war should be fought on an evil keel even ground where nobody should have an advantage over the other that is also very important whereas war is concerned my dear son the killing of the sinless yakshas which you have undertaken is not at all approved by authorities and it does not be benefit our family which is supposed to know the law of religion and irreligion dharma and adharma these are the two laws and our family knows these two laws so why are you getting involved in these two laws you know infringing this that is what he is asking my dear son it has been proved that you are very much affectionate towards your brother and greatly aggrieved at his being killed by the yakshas but just consider for one yakshas offense you have killed so many others who are innocent one should not accept the body as the self and thus like the animal kill the bodies of others this is especially forbidden by saintly people who follow the path of devotional service to the supreme personality of godhead see in in our world what happens is somebody does something wrong to us we want to do wrong not only to that person but to 10 other people concerned with him it is like uh, the story of romeo and juliet the entire family wants to destroy the other one even in most of the movies you will find that just some one person might have done something wrong but you want to go and destroy the entire family this is not a done thing if there is a fight between one person can you not maintain that fight and sort out with that one person why involve so many other people so there is something which is called secondary type of a you know hurt going around all over the place what do we, what do they call it where uh, somebody who is not at all involved and still getting hurt that kind of thing happens so so what is the most important thing to do to use the body body god body has been given to you so that you can use it for the devotional service to the lord and not get involved in these kind of things it is very difficult to achieve the spiritual abode of hari in the vaikuntha planet but you are so fortunate that you are already destined to go to that abode by worshiping him as a supreme abode of all living entities because you are a pure devotee of the lord the lord is always thinking of you and you are also recognized by his confidential you are also recognized by all his confidential devotees his life is meant for exemplary behavior i am therefore surprised why have you undertaken such an abominable task the lord is very satisfied with his devotees when the devotee greets each other with tolerance mercy friendship and equality so this is again an important thing which we should bear in mind when one devotee meets another you should always be tolerant you should always be merciful full of friendship and equality tolerant see everybody has their own nature you cannot become intolerant towards their nature some people have a habit of if you remember in sai satcharitra we are where that lady she pulls baba's hand and she gives him a solid massage somebody else is you know turning his stomach all this happens so even jesus christ he had his uh, apostles with him 
One of them was serving him by cleaning his feet. Somebody else might might have been doing his head massage for all you know. Doesn't mean that one who was doing a head massage is doing something wrong. So you should not do. No. Everybody is showing their love in their own beautiful way. So when one devotee meets another devotee, you should become extremely tolerant towards that devotee. You should be merciful. You should be full of mercy. In Noah, what happens to Noah in the end is he wants to kill the his own grandchildren because the Lord has said something to him. But what happens to him in the end? The Lord is always about mercy, isn't it? He is very merciful. So he drops the knife from his hand saying that no, I cannot kill because mercy is very, very important. So mercy is very important. Friendship. Extending your hand of friendship is very, very important again. And then equality. You are not unequal. You can think of yourself as superior to the other one. No, no need. You are all equal in the eyes of God. Though in the previous line he said there are confidential devotees of the Lord. Confidential devotees means there are some who are very close to the Lord. So please understand the confidential devotees cannot show in a group that they are the superior type and the other people are all inferior. You cannot show that. You have to show that you are equal in everybody, every aspect. So that is what it means. The Lord is very satisfied with his devotee when the devotee greets other people with tolerance, mercy, friendship and equality. One who actually satisfied the Supreme Personality of God during one's lifetime becomes liberated from the gross and the subtle material conditions. Thus being freed from all material modes of the nature, he achieves unlimited spiritual bliss. The creation of the material world begins with the five elements. And thus everything including the body of a man or the woman is created by these elements. By the sexual life of man and a woman, the number of men and the woman in the material world is further increased. Manu continued, My dear Kring Dhruva, it is simply by illusory material energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, by the interaction of the three modes of material nature, that creation, maintenance and inhalation takes place. My dear Dhruva, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is uncontaminated by the material modes of nature. So the Lord is actually not disturbed by any of these things. Disturbed by the three modes of nature. He is the master. Why should he be disturbed with all those things, isn't it? He is the remote cause of the creation of his material cosmic manifestation. Remote cause? He is not inside that cause. You understand this? Alright, what it means is, he is sitting in one end of the world and controlling the cause in the other end. Like, you know, by remote control. So, he is not involved in the process. So, you cannot say that he is preparing the dish in the kitchen. No, he is not. He is remotely controlling the whole process from somewhere else. So, the entire material world is coming out somewhere else, not exactly in the way you think. That he is actually involved in doing the process. He doesn't do. Maya does the creation. Prakriti does the creation. Prakriti is the mother who does the physical act. And it is not done by the Lord. The Lord only is supervising the whole process. Understood? So that is why he is the remote cause of the creation of the material cosmic manifestation. When he gives the impetus, many other causes and effects are produced. And thus the whole universe moves just as iron moves by the integrated force of a magnet. So just his way of looking at it or saying things, the whole world moves. Okay? You cannot say that he is saying, oh, let there be light. No, no, no. God doesn't say like that. Okay? In his world, light is there. So he just visualizes. He just says, says in the sense, not physically he says, let there be light and the light happens. That's it. There is nothing physical in that. The appearance of the material world is physical. But in his domain, there is nothing like that. It is the Prakriti, the mother nature. She creates. Sophia Pistis, as she is called in the the Bible or in the Holy Scriptures. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, by the inconceivable supreme energy, time causes the interaction of the three modes of material nature and thus varieties of energies become manifest. It appears that he is acting, but he is not the actor. 
very important line every time when we blame the god that is a divine lord you did this in my world you did that in my world he is not at all acting he is not even involved in the process so he is just standing at the side over there and under his domain things are happening so he is physically not involved so we cannot blame him for doing anything he is killing but he is not the killer see he is killing yet he is not the killer he is not physically doing any act over there thus it is understood by only by his inconceivable power is everything happening only by his power his maya the entire world is doing what it is supposed to got it my dear dhruva the supreme personality of godhead is ever existing in the form of time he is the killer of everything he has no beginning although he is the beginning of everything nor is he ever exhaustible though everything is exhausted due to course of time the living entities are created through the agency of father and killed through the agency of death but he is perpetually free of birth and death the supreme personality of godhead in his feature of external eternal time is present in the material world and is neutral towards everyone no one is his ally and no one is his enemy within the jurisdiction of time elements everyone enjoys and suffers the result of his own karma or fruitive activities so the fruitive activities are not he is not telling them to do they happen because everybody has desires everybody has a mind everybody has needs and so on and so forth so everything happens under his domain no doubt about it it is like this whole world is there everything is happening in this world doesn't mean that he is responsible so don't put responsibility at his feet as the wind blows the small particles of dust fly in the air so according to one's particular karma one suffers or enjoys material life the supreme personality of godhead vishnu is all powerful and he is awards the result of one's fruitive activities thus although one's living entity's duration of life is very small whereas that of another is very great he is always in his transcendental position and there is no question of lessening or increasing this duration of life so we, whenever we think you know god can you please extend the life of this person can you do this for him no it is not possible don't ever ask for this if somebody is dying if somebody is on the on the threshold of death that person is dying because that is the need of the hour of that particular person something has come to an end so you have to let it be so there is no question of lessening or increasing the duration of life we cannot increase or reduce the duration of life why is that because he is time incarnate time incarnate remember this he controls time time he controls the material time from the material perspective but in his domain time is a different entity altogether the same law is not applicable isn't it see if the lord can eat a, can drink a glass of poison can we do that no we will die the lord is nothing is going to happen to him so that is the reason why the law which is applicable to us is not applicable to him so in his world the law of time is a different factor the law of time in the material world is ruled by the material nature the differentiation among varieties of life and their sufferings and enjoyment is explained by some to be the result of karma others says it's a due to nature others due to time others due to fate and still others say it is due to desire actually all these are affecting isn't it why does the thing happen because of karma so somebody has killed so you get killed because of that so it's karma they say some because of nature nature human nature is there we all have natures the lion has a nature the tiger has a nature of killing smaller animals so don't you think he is going to do that he is going to do that a dog's habit is barking so you think he is not going to do barking he is going to do the barking there are certain people in our world who are very quiet there are certain people in the world who are just jabbering away to glory there are certain people in this world who get angry at the fall of a coin thap they get angry sometimes there are people who are so cool like nobody's business this their inherent nature so nature can also be a part of that then he says it could be time time is a factor which can be understood by you very well time is there today tomorrow it is not there 
Today, there were some people who were not able to join the satsang. Time was not, was against them. So that is the reason why they were not able to join. Others due to fate. Fate, some people, even if they have time, even if they have the inclination, fate doesn't allow them to join. Fate, what does it say? No, you cannot. So some guest will come at home or something will happen, you know, fate. And others say due to desire. The desire. Some people have instructed me that, you know, can you please send me an invite? But they end up sleeping. They don't even get up for the satsang. So can you not say that this is because there is a desire to sleep that they are not able to join? So it could be anything. Did you understand this? So any of this can happen. The absolute truth transcendence is never subject to the understanding of imperfect sensory endeavor nor is the subject of direct experience. A very very important line. The absolute truth that is God Almighty himself transcendental is not subject to understanding or imperfect sensory endeavor. You know just before the satsang I was talking to Brito I was trying to tell him how difficult it is to understand what is the meaning of light. Or how does God stand in front of you? Do you know how extremely tough it is to even explain? See, we can see colors. We can hear people. We can feel them. We can smell some things. But imagine when the Lord is in front of you, none of the senses are working. Neither is the mind working. Nor is the intellect working. Neither in your happy body or any of those bodies are involved in the process. So how do you understand the Lord is there in front of you? He appears as an effulgent light. I am saying light. It is not light also. How do you understand this thing? So that is the reason why he says, He is never subject to understanding of imperfect sensory endeavor. All your senses can never understand. Even if you put hard effort in trying to understand with your senses, impossible to know God. Nor is he subject of direct experience. Direct experience means physically you can see. Now you can see some things there. You know, there is a lizard crawling on the wall. You can see the lizard going. Okay. You can hear the bird with your ears. But how do you understand the Lord? There is no physical direct experience happening. He is the master of the varieties of energies like the full material energy and no one can understand his plan or action. So can you understand his plan or action? It is impossible to understand any plan or action that is there because it is not known. You don't even know what is his plan. So the Lord can never be understood by senses, neither by mind, nor by intellect, nor by physical body, nor by you know, your subtle bodies or no body. Neither can easy a form of a physical or any kind of an experience. How do you recognize that there is God? He is absolute truth. He is transcendental. So, but all energies are his material energies. And because all energies are his material energies, how can you understand his plans? What is going to happen just now or what is not going to happen just now? Can you understand that? Nobody knows. Nobody has any clue about this. And that is the reason why you are always at loggerheads trying to think, oh, what is going to happen now? What is going to happen now? This is the reason. Therefore, it should be concluded that although he is the original cause of all causes, no one can know him by mental speculation. So don't even try to understand what God is going to do next. So even if you try to understand, oh, I know God. I have seen him over here. He looks like this one. He looks like that one. So, it's only speculation. Mental speculation you can't do. Can't, cannot understand the Lord. My dear son, those yakshas who are trans- descendants of Kuvera are not actually the killers of your brother. The birth and the death of every living entity are caused by the Supreme, who is certainly the cause of all causes. So who is the one under whose ages it happens? Is the divine lord's control only nowhere else other people they may be telling lies to you they may be speaking bullshit to you they may be uh, you know talking nonsense about you or they may be praising you you think they are doing it they are impossible they cannot do anything 
the lord is doing this whole thing through them as a agent so forget about it so the birth and death of every living entity are caused by the supreme who is certainly the cause of all causes again in the previous line we have said don't blame him in this you have to understand everything happens under his domain only it is like today if i ask you who controls the internet nobody no nobody knows who controls the internet i don't know where is the internet i don't know so you cannot say where it is you cannot see where it is yet it is there isn't it we are connected we are connected as one entity so like that in the same way think about the domain called god everything happens under his domain yet nothing happens physically under him got it this is how you got to see the supreme personality of god had creates this material world maintains it annihilates it in due course of time but because he is transcendental to such activities he is never affected by the ego in such action or by the modes of material nature if if we do certain thing how much are we affected maine kiya maine kiya we keep on saying i did it i did it i did it in the lord's world everything happens under his domain yet he doesn't he doesn't stand over there and says see i did it okay so don't you worry about he is not there to tell you that first to you don't even know where he lives how he looks like so then this the main reason is since we have no connectivity with him okay you can write as many letters dear god you know how many books are there like that dear god so like that you can keep on writing letters like dear god and all but still do you know where he is absolutely no clue so my dear boy dhruva please surrender to the supreme personality of god who is the ultimate goal of the progress of the world everyone including the demigods headed by lord brahma is working under his control just as the bull prompted by the rope in his nose is controlled by his owner so this entire world is controlled by him but we are not responsible for that my dear dhruva at the age of only 5 years you were very grievously afflicted by the words of your mother's co-wife and you very boldly gave up the protection of your mother and went to the forest to engage in the yogic process for realization of the supreme personality of godhead as a result of this you have already achieved the topmost position in all the three worlds so his grandfather knows very well what he has done so he says son see what has happened is you have been disturbed by what your mother your you know your stepmother has done and so on and so forth i understand all that and after that you had gone to the jungles you have met the lord and he has given you an adalpad a position which you cannot be shaken so why are you bothered now my dear dhruva please therefore turn your attention to the supreme person who is the infallible brahma face the supreme personality of god in his original person position and thus by self realization you will find the material differentiation to be merely flickering so what he says all this material worldly thing that you have been doing fighting wars with these yakshas and killing them and doing so many things what is the use i mean where are you going so if you see the struggle for life continues to be there so the question to us is also the same so what is this struggle all about why are you every day doing tandav you know how much of uh, tensions that you keep on carrying every single day of your life full day from morning to night a person just keeps on dwelling on thought processes and this and that and obligatory tasks and ye karne ka hai wo karne ka hai idhar jana hai udhar jana hai ye khana hai wo khana hai i want to achieve this i want to achieve that people are just continuously in, involved in this so his father says see you have already reached the lord what else is there for left for you to do so those who have reached the state of emancipation have actually nothing to do you got it so that is the reason why his father is saying so thus regaining your natural position and rendering service unto the supreme lord natural position that which comes to us naturally what is our natural position some people they are inherently born angry isn't it they are born angry some people are inherently silent that is your natural position natural position doesn't mean no control 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 oh i have to control my anger sorry what nonsense are you talking 
the anger has been given to you because you have to use it for reaching the god you got what i'm saying you have given creativity by god for drawing or pictures or painting or acting or drawing or singing whatever the hell that you have been involved in that is your natural ability swadharma the one that you are supposed to do is that which comes to you very naturally which includes your nature isn't it so that means a snake can slither who do you think you want to slither no that is a snake's job not your job dog wants to bark you are you supposed to bark like a dog no your nature is different so be your nature understand you know uh, we have been taught in all these schools and colleges to do what is called as a swot analysis you understand swot analysis and in that swot analysis what do we do we are supposed to find our strength weaknesses opportunities threats and all that so what we try to do is we want to cover up our weaknesses with our strengths but the weakness has been given for certain reason isn't it can you not use your weakness of reaching that place it's like a very simple thing people will say that a, what is the weakness of a woman she cries immediately in a tears will flow from a woman's eyes isn't it so if the woman who feels left out or completely demoralized by crying can she not use her tears for having a superior position think about it just imagine that there is a boss and the boss behaves very rudely with everybody and this woman she she goes out of the cabin and she sits over there crying think about it like this but now she has an idea that this weakness is actually her strength so what she does is the moment her boss starts yelling at her she immediately puts the switch on of of tears <laughs> she just keeps on crying in front of him. you know that boss is going to get completely oh my god i'm sorry i'm sorry please don't cry you know the same person who was yelling at her is now going to feel very sorry for what she was doing and he is going to become her pal rather than becoming a villain in her world and then she can twirl him round a little finger isn't it can you understand what is the meaning of this the nature has provided you with those capabilities understand those capabilities they are actually not weaknesses use them as your strength see this is something which no uh, you know uh, management school is going to teach you understand this it is your strength it is not your weakness convert it into your strength use the same techniques which you know so your inherent nature is that which can convert itself into a very very powerful strength so i hope you got that point thus regain your natural position and rendering service unto the supreme lord who is all powerful reservoir of all pleasure and who lives in all the living entities as a super soul you will soon forget the illusory understanding of i and my my dear king just consider that what i have said to you which will act as a medicinal treatment upon disease control your anger for anger is the foremost enemy in the path of spiritual realization i wish you all good fortune and please follow my instructions what is the worst enemy anger there is no point in getting angry all the sages you know what they do they do only a show of anger they are actually not angry if sai baba is running with a stick behind you he is actually enacting a, a part he is not involved in that part okay so anger is the root cause of all our problems in our world so get rid of the anger use your anger like i told you anger is a weakness sort isn't it can you use your anger in getting your work done suppose you are a boss of a company can you show hey come on i want you to do this and once the person goes away cool down cool down nothing is wrong nothing <laughs> you know that no deep breathing do deep breathing everything is fine you say these words i mean you think those are stupid words no they are very important anger can be used and unidirectional purpose 
Anger is going in all directions. Can you you unidirect it? Direct in one place. You can get results there. So he says, control your anger. For anger is the foremost enemy. In spiritual also, anger is the foremost enemy. So don't use that anger in the spiritual world. Okay. A person who desires liberation from the material world should not fall under the control of anger because when bewildered by anger, one becomes a source of dread for all others. So never get angry with anybody. Because the moment you get angry, everybody in near from near you is going to disappear. So <laughs> don't get angry. My dear Dhruva, you thought that the Yakshas killed your brother and therefore you have killed great number of them. But by this action you have agitated the mind of Lord Shiva's brother Kuvera who is the treasurer of the demigods. Please note that your actions may have been very disrespectful to Kuvera and Lord Shiva. So he has killed Kuber. Kuber, you know, no? Kuber is the one who money control. Moneycontrol.com. <laughs> he controls money. All the power, all the riches, all the gold. Kuber is that. So he is a brother of Shiva. And if you are going to mess around with his devotees, Yakshas, you are going to mess around with the boss, isn't it? So don't mess around with him. And don't mess around with the boss because his boss's brother is also super boss. So kindly <laughs> stay out of that. Yakuza. <laughs> you know that. Yakuza's, you know. <laughs> Yakuza's are the deadly clans. There are, by the way, Yakuza's, there, there are various other uh, clans across the world. They control mafias. Like that. <laughs> it's a big gang of people. So like, you can think about, you have disturbed this particular gang member. So the super boss is also going to get angry. Hmm. Godfather. For this reason, my son, you should immediately pacify Kukovera with gentle words and prayers and thus be, thus his wrath may not affect our family. So he says, go and appease Kubera also. The Swayam Bhumano, after giving instructions to Dhruva Maharaj, his grandson, received respectful obeisance unto him. Then Lord Manu and the great sages went back to their respective homes. So he has given him a very sage advice and after that he has told him, now kindly can you just pacify their boss Kubera so that even his brother Shivji is also pacified. After this, you please stop your war and go back. Go back in peace. Don't get angry after this ever again. This ends the chapter 4th canto, 11th chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam. Swayam Bhumanu advises Dhruva Maharaj to stop fighting. So we have come to the end of the chapter. And yeah, we can end it, no problem. Alright.